Hello everyone! Welcome to Finding Fandoms. Cue intro! Everybody, welcome back to Finding Fandoms. I'm Dia. I'm Maggie. I'm Evie. And we've come to the stark realization that we never introduce ourselves yeah. before we start <laughs> podcasting. Um, and this is like, it's, and part of me is just like, if you're here, you're here. But also, I'm like, but I, also, it's nice to know what name is associated with what voice for some reason. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, and I feel like we have three very distinct. Not very distinct, but fairly distinct voices. So yeah. Like, yeah, like when I listen back on this, I'm like, oh yeah, I know who people are. But also, like, I've known you guys for literally years. So mm-hmm. I'm mostly just like, who's that gross girl's voice? And then I'm like, oh, wait, that's <laughs> <Stop>. me. <laughs> <laughs> Your voice isn't gross. But uh, anyway, to the actual podcasting, welcome back to Finding Fandom's Avatar The Last Airbender. So today's episode's are 11 and 12 of book one, The Great Divide and The Storm. Like one not very heavy episode and one very heavy episode. So I think we really just need to get cracking because holy cow, that's that's a time. Get crack a lacking. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> uh, let's see. Episode 11 is called The Great Divide. And so we find Team Avatar attempting to cross the world's largest canyon in this world, called the Great Divide, appropriately. Um, and it's not a big deal for them, because they have Appa, so they can just kind of fly. But um, when they get there, they meet these two warring tribes who have to cross by foot because their territory was destroyed by the Fire Nation. So they are constantly fighting, and they're fighting over the tour guide who... Um, well, not tour guide. He's a canyon guide who uh, is he meant to show them like life. A he acts He's like a, a tour guide. guide. We love he, a good tour guide. The whole point of him is that he earthbends uh, the paths into existence and then destroys them so the Fire Nation can't find refugees. So very important. Um, so they fight over who gets to go first because there's this whole fiasco about like waiting in line and stuff. And Aang makes a big deal this episode about using his avatar mediation skills and like find, solves the problem and uh, forces the majority of the two groups to go together with the tour guide. So it's all fine and dandy um, until they are attacked by canyon crawlers, these really gross mosquito-looking things with no wings, and they're disgusting. Spider-like. Spider-like and mosquito. They're gross. Spider wolves? Sorry, wolf. Um, and then the canyon guide is injured, breaks both of his arms. Obviously, you can't earthbend <laughs> properly without either of your arms so that uh, just kind of leaves them at a loss of how to get out of the canyon because it's on purpose it is not traversable without the the canyon guy without arms right so uh Sokka <laughs> and Katara earlier in this episode were fighting about different ways to set up camp and like how they see things differently so each of them split off with one tribe for the night to like keep an eye on them and like try to figure out what's going on and how to get out of there and they both get stories as to why the tribes are fighting um, and they're two similar yet different stories, you know, as history goes. And when they come back the next day, they continue to fight. And then um, it's exposed that one of the tribes brought food down into the canyon, which was a no because that's what attracts. Well, both the... of them brought food down. Well, both of them yeah. brought, but it was first one of the tribes is found out to have food. And so the other one's pointing fingers. And then the other one, oh, look, they brought food too, which got them into this whole mess. Um, 
So they have to, like, Aang has to yell at them and get them to put their differences aside to get them out of this canyon through creative use of food, sticks, and, like, riding the canyon crawlers, which is awesome. First off, that looked so cool. And uh, two, was absolutely terrifying. So, um... So that happened, and they get out of the canyon, and then it turns out, like, they're like, oh, yeah, you guys have, like, are actually, like, not terrible people, but we still hate you because you, like, your founder disgraced our founder. And then Aang goes, wait a second, I knew your two founders. They weren't actually fighting. They were just playing a game. And so he single-handedly stops a feud between these two tries by telling him a story about how the founders weren't men fighting for, like, who weren't, like, you know, disrespecting each other's tribes and customs. They were eight-year-olds playing a game. Yep. And then it was all a lie, but they don't need to know that. So, uh, yeah. That's about it for this episode, just so that I... Yeah, it's the Ganji and the Zhang. Yes, Ganji and Zhang tribes, so that we can refer to them correctly. But, yeah. I personally love this episode. <laughs> I find it absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Like, I don't even know if, like, the bulk of the episode is funny. But it's just the <laughs> you last... You don't know if it's funny? Like, well, it's, like, because, like, they're fighting the whole time, and it's actually, like, kind of tense. Like, you know, all these, like, cultural try, like, cultural conflicts and whatnot. But then at the end, Aang is just like, these guys were brothers. They were eight. And, like... And, like, they were playing football. And yeah. Then <laughs> it was just one like, of them dropped the ball like, and the other one picked it up. Yeah, he fumbled and he didn't go to jail for 20 years. He was put in a penalty box for two minutes. Like, mm-hmm. come on. <laughs> you know? So, uh, no, I think this is a great episode. Um, okay, let's start chronologically. Chronologically, so at the front. We got, we got that sibling fight, Sokka and Katara, fighting mm-hmm. about whether or not to use a tarp as yeah. a blanket. To or like tarp an actual, or not to tarp. Yeah, or an actual tarp to cover rain. And, like, you know, honestly... I think about that sometimes. I'm like, am I Team Katara or am I Team Sokka? I'm Team Katara. Me? I think I'm Team Katara too. I think I am as well. well. No, okay. I think I'm Team Katara, but in real life, I'm totally Team Sokka. You're using the tarp as a... <laughs> like, in real life, I'm like, nah, we don't really need this. I just want to be warm and cozy. I'm dead. Like, but then, just use the tarp as a blanket. But then if it rains, you'll be all wet and you'll be even more cold. I mean, I guess if... I don't um, think that far into the future. I don't. Thus why I am an art major. (laughs) (laughs) No, not the art major jokes. (laughs) Oh no, it's too... I... That is... I I use the art major joke all the time. I know all the this. time. <laughs> I don't need to know numbers. I'm an art major. It's just like... Oh. That hurts my math major... Math major soul. Um, but yeah, so I just... Beginning of the episode, I'm just like, honestly, better safe than sorry. Like, I'm totally Team Katara, but... And I'm just like, don't they have sleeping bags? Well, I noticed uh, Sokka and Katara have sleeping bags, but I didn't see Aang had one at the beginning of the next episode. That was one of my notes for the for the second yeah, episode. I literally wrote it down. He, do, he don't got no sleepy bag. Sleepy bag. <laughs> oh my god. It's just like, I just love, like, Aang is totally, like, right now living, like, the 12-year-old, like, oh, wow, I'm so mature. I can solve these problems. Like, I got this kind of life. I said, I said that he is a wise old boy. (laughs) He's a wise old boy. Yeah. How appropriate. I mean, he has Mm -hmm. the soul of a thousand 
people, you know? <laughs> yeah, he is, you know, reincarnated a thousand plus times over. Yeah. Uh, he's but... also 12. <laughs> he yeah, he's also literally 12, and I can say literally 12 and not offend somebody uh, here. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm offended. <laughs> Why are you offended? <laughs> he's 112 years old. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but yeah, no, and I just, seeing like Aang, you know, have to like come down to earth a little bit and just like, not rely on his I'm the avatarness, which he relies on a lot. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. in the first part of the series. And so like one of the funniest parts for me was like just watching Aang lose his cool mm. for a second there <laughs> when it came to fighting between whether and which tribe would uh, get to cross first. And he goes Even and, like, the Avatar gets angry. <laughs> and they even had the sound effects, like the funny sound effects, like we are I were gonna do this and I say so. And I'm just like Oh, wow. You are a child. <laughs> you are so small. I don't know. I really like that. And then, you know, when they get into the canyon, that's when everything starts to hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, so this was the first episode that my mom watched with me. Aww. <laughs> and one of the first things she said when I turned it on was, oh, I thought they looked more anime. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but here's the thing. And you were like, just wait for those specific episodes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, and like, here's the thing. Like, I watched it with, I'm pretty sure it was Beth. And she said, wow, this looks just like an anime. And I'm like, someone here has not watched a lot of anime in their life. Um, and it's not me. Let me tell you. I don't know why my mom would know what an anime looks like. Was your brother an anime person? <laughs> no, no one in my family is an anime person. Oh, dang. Maybe she just got it. Through you getting it through me. Maybe yeah. your mom secretly is an anime person. Honestly, I wouldn't put it past her. Oh Sorry, God. mom. <laughs> secretly, I can introduce her to some stuff. Uh, this is some she great really series. likes like Star Trek, so. Uh, Are there any space animes? I'd have to look and see what's going on. Spanimes. Isn't Cowboy Bebop one of the things? Cowboy Bebop, I, like, I, I never got through Cowboy Bebop, uh, mostly because I started college. Um. <laughs> But I have the Corgi plush from Box Lunch. Oh. That's from Cowboy Bebop. I mean, I don't know the show, but I know the name. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Cowboy. Uh, but yeah, so sorry, you had something else you were saying. I just totally interrupted Me? you. Mm. Oh. Well. <laughs> so your mom watched this with you, which is cute. Yes, my mom watched this with me. And while I was watching it, um, they were saying how the Avatar is supposed to really be really good at compromising and seeing both sides. And I was like, wait, maybe my mom is the Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> Why is your mom Because oh she's really great at compromising. <laughs> That's all I got. But <laughs> is Maggie's mom the Avatar? Is that our new theory? I, I want to add it to the list. Uh. I love it. <laughs> Lori can the do Avatar. That. Lori. <laughs> yes, Lori. Snaps to that. She's already mastered the fire that has been contained within a small box or stove top. <laughs> Are you talking about the fact that she actually knows how to cook? Or yes. What? <laughs> oh, my God. oh, my God. The modern elements. The elements have changed. <laughs> does she garden? Yes. She does. She loves gardening. 
Earth. She knows Earth. the names of like every plant. <laughs> I've eaten strawberries from your yard. Oh I think. yeah, we had <laughs> yes. Zucchinis, so that is earth bending, and carrots, I'm pretty rabbits. sure she drinks water and breathes air. So. <laughs> You know, last time I checked, she was doing both of those things. <laughs> I was going to make some sort of connection about the fact that y'all are constantly on the beach, but okay. True. She, she... Gr- she grew up on the beach, basically. She grew up swimming in the bay, so. Which is a terrible place to swim, but. My mom is the avatar. <laughs> you confirmed. can't see this right now, but Beth is in the corner making no noise, going, <gasps> She's it having her mind sense. blown. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god. But, all right, that's that's a thing to be shelved for another day, Lori the Avatar. But back to the episode. Like when the 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 whatever canyon crawler things came out for like the yeah. first time, um, Soka Sokka Soka 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 Sokka threw his like batarang thing at it and it hit and it yeah. like worked and all I could think of was like the very first episode when he threw the thing at the ship and it did nothing and I was like Sokka yeah. did a thing like <laughs> cinematic parallels who they happen um, all the time oh yeah no we love character growth especially for mm-hmm. Sokka and I noticed Katara did the water whip thing during yeah. the yeah that's something else I love about this series we see their skills progress mm-hmm. and it's not just Aang becoming a full-fledged avatar it's everybody like the rest of the cast that joins later we see their skills progress too and like it's so incredible Ugh, i think this is the first time also we got to see like ang be really aggressive with his airbending if yeah. i'm not wrong Mm-mm. like less evasive and yeah. more offensive because like he's been offensive before but like this time he was like i'm not taking these canyon crawlers Goodbye. Yeet. Goodbye. <laughs> Yeet. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's wonderful. And I love that so much. Um, and then... And then the dude broke his arms. Yeah. Both broke his freaking arms. I guess we didn't talk about it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, he broke his arms. And he had that like one moment with like Aang on top of the cliff. Yeah. And we didn't talk about it again. And I'm like, how are more people not freaking out over how he broke both of his arms? And he was such a good guy. Like, I loved him. He oh, was yeah. a great tour guide. I want him to be my grandpa. He's a great person. Okay, it seems really unfair that if you can't, like, move your arms, then you can't bend whatever you bend. Like, you should be able to find other ways. Okay, but, like, isn't, like, the the, the earthbender in the, like, opening sequence, doesn't he, like, just stomp and then kick the thing? Like, he doesn't even use his arms. like, here's the thing. So, like, if we think about Katara, like, at the beginning, like, she could move her body and bend, but she didn't have the correct forms and the correct control. Mm-hmm. I think that's the same way here, where it's just like, I guess, like, if you're, like, a super advanced bender, like, you could probably make some crap up and it'd be fine. But, like, you know, just, like, normal people, like, if you aren't, you know, doing the correct thing at the correct time, like, it's not going to work out very well for you. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I don't know. I guess earthbending's a lot of, like, strong and, like, slower He's movements. got legs. He's... <laughs> He's got legs. He's got a strong old man. He is a strong old man. That is true. But like, I don't know. It probably has something to do with like the fact that the forms are off. And like, I don't think, I I don't think like he dedicated his life to the art of bending. Well, that's how he got through his canyon rides, you know? That's how he made his living. I suppose. But like if the specific like 
maneuvers he needed needed his arms. Yeah. Then they're dead in the water anyway. Like when he flew that rock into the bridge, Mm -hmm. that was all arms. Yeah. Like, so. But I'm just saying, if he moved his chest and his arms were flailing. (laughs) Also, just go and break his arms more. We already aren't talking about the fact that he broke his arms. And let's just go dislocate them some more. You're missing my noodle arms. They're quite noodly right now. Um, But yeah, so I don't know. Leave the poor guy alone. He already broke his arms. Like, the shock of breaking both your arms is enough for me to be like, I'm out. Goodbye. Do what you need to. I'm just sad that he can't bend anymore. But, okay. Whatever. Moving on. (laughs) There were... This whole episode was just like a moral like the like this was just like learn your lesson kids don't fight with peoples mm-hmm. like <laughs> just the like, whole episode was like wow this is like actually teaching children things <laughs> i think the main lesson was not to touch another man's orb <laughs> yes that yes sacred yeah. orbs but also whenever um like the two tribes got together and started like fighting with each other you heard a whole lot more voices than the than people it like sounded like there was like crowds of hundreds of people (laughs) like the 12 people in each tribe it was so funny oh my god you know what i loved about this episode Mm -hmm. so when each of the respective tribes is telling the backstory i loved um, the difference in animation styles. Yeah, the art styles for yes. each of mm-hmm. stories. Like. And how they, like, the art styles fit the respective tribes. Mm-hmm. I just, like, I know that's a conscious decision and that's, like, <laughs> part of the thing, but also it's, I can still appreciate it. But, like, good job. Like, it was beautiful. <laughs> and then at the end, when Aang debunked it, like, how, like, slowly the styles started mending together and then they just completely changed. Mm-hmm. That chibi, like, cute little style. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, I loved that so much. I, I think that's my favorite part of this episode. Not not the episode, the art style. Um, well, so this was the episode I watched with my mom, and while she was listening to it, she noticed that the leader of the Ganjin tribe um, was actually um, this person named Rene Auberjoinis. I, I'm saying that wrong. What? Auberjoinis? I don't know. Auberjoinis? voice actor. <laughs> I think it might be. Anyway, <laughs> okay, so Rene Auberjonas, I don't, I'm saying that wrong. He also played Odo in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which is where my mom recognized his voice oh from. Oh my <laughs> god. And then we Lori. Googled him, and he also, <laughs> he also voiced Chef Louie in The Little Mermaid. Shut up! Yeah. What? <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Oh my so god. This I think this just proves our theory that your mom is the avatar because she is an all-knowing yeah. being. She knows everything. God, wait, you have to have her watch an episode with Firelord Ozai. Oh. Ozai's Mark Hamill. Oh. <gasps> Ozai is Luke Skywalker. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. I won't tell her and see if she notices. Yeah, no, like when like we got a little bit of Ozai in the next episode, but like when you listen to Ozai, I'm just sitting here like, oh my god. <laughs> That's Luke. That is, oh, wait. Luke, what I did think... you, what happened to you? I'm dead serious. You can Google it right now. I know. Fact. I think I was listening to that guy and I was like, I know that guy's voice, but I don't know what it is. 
and now I do. It's just like this, this cast is just filled with icons, and yeah. they sometimes just appear for like an episode. But like, I love it. My favorite line in this episode was when Sokka just said, "I only took their side because they fed me," and I'm like, "I relate." <laughs> Same. Sokka is just a puppy. Sokka, <laughs> if you feed me, I will be your best friend for life. Which is, I have only ever gone to Dia's house if they're making egg rolls. So <laughs> you know what? You know what? True. <laughs> That's the only time she invites people to her house. Yeah, I mean, no, my family doesn't true, like hosting people. But still, <laughs> but it's just like I have no doubt that you guys would both turn me down if there were no egg rolls. <laughs> Um, I would take a moment to consider. <laughs> and then you'd be like, why can't you just, why can't we just watch Netflix in my basement instead? Because <laughs> that's all we do. Um, I stand by the fact that Sokka is the most relatable character in the series. Yeah. And no one can tell me otherwise. He's the audience surrogate. And there are some For very sure. relatable characters in here, especially as we get further. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so like right at the end, after they have climbed the cliff on top of the creepy crawlers, and Aang just like unties the bag of food and flings it. All yeah. I could think was, "It's raining me, Hallelujah! It's, it's raining, raining me, Aang." <laughs> <Hey>, me. <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay, props to Aang for coming up with that story, but also. <laughs> That was such a big lie to throw at them. Yeah. Right. And Aang's Mr. Like pious monk. Like, you know, do love thy neighbor, but not love thy, you know, but he just lied to two whole tribes. Like the whole episode was like, be kind to one another. Don't fight about stupid things, but also lie to each other. Cause it's every, every, it's all right. As long as they're happy, just lie. It's fine. But that was such a good story. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> just like, I was there. No, I'm actually 112 years old and here's what happened. And also they just accepted it. I know. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't question, question it. Yeah, they were like, yeah, we don't need to fact check this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in their defense, how would they fact check it? But also... Like, also, and he's the avatar. He's supposed to be all knowing, I guess. I suppose. But he's literally 12. <laughs> we're back to this conversation. Ugh. But no, like that we was, should count how many times we've said Aang is literally 12 like, throughout, throughout this series. But no, yeah, no, that was such a fantastic story. Yeah. <laughs> there was no sacred orb. It was just the ball. A sacred ball? No, no, just a, no, regular, just a regular bouncy ball. Just one that you play the game with. <laughs> God, it's just the penalty box killed me. <laughs> he didn't go to jail for 20 years. He just got a timeout. For two short minutes. <laughs> just 20 years to an eight-year-old, like, in their yeah. defense. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can see how it could have been blown out of proportions. But also, after you're eight just... years old, I feel like eventually you would like, forget about those it. Those two held such a grudge. I guess. For the rest of their lives that they created two more <laughs> tribes. But it was a lie anyway, so like... I know! <laughs> oh, boy. But... No, that gets me every time I see this episode. So now we will never know what actually happened between, what is it, Jin Wei and Wei Jin? Yeah, also, yeah. Jin Wei and Wei Jin. Wait, were they related or were they just... We don't actually know? Yeah. 
But also... That's going to bother me. <laughs> Jinwei and Wei Jin. Thank you, Avatar showrunners, for the laziest... The most creative names. <laughs> the most creative set of names I've ever encountered. Wonderful world building. <laughs> Considering they went so hard on the rest of it, I'll give them a pass. Straight up. Like... <laughs> Like, just, like, the episode before, they were coming out with things like Smeller being long shot. Yeah. I'll give them a pass for... Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. But, I don't know. I guess, overall, this is a very enjoyable episode. Even if, like, it's an entirely... An episode entirely based on, like, morality, and then Aang goes and lies to two whole tribes. Yeah. But, like, that's, that's besides the point. Aang is... The master is the element of hypocrite hypocrisy. <laughs> Not hypocrisy. Dang. Oh my god. Well, overall, good episode. Uh, one of my favorites to come back and just watch. Mm-hmm. Personally, because it's entertaining. Yeah. It's not very like overarching story driven, but... But, you know, get that character growth. Mm-hmm. All these characters retain their growth as the series goes on, so that's always good. All right, so in episode 12, this one is called The Storm, and this is uh, a big change from The Great Divide. big backstory episode. This is probably Mm -hmm. one of the ultimate backstory episodes of the series. But um, The Storm. So at the very beginning of the episode, Sokka and Aang have nightmares. Yeah, they have nightmares, which are freaking crazy, and I honestly don't remember them off the top of my head. (laughs) Well, Aang was, he was drowning again, and then he yeah. saw Monkey Atsu talking to him. And yeah. Like, we we need you. We need you with Avatar. So, and then he was feeling really guilty. Yeah, so that's a big theme. That's a big center point of this episode. Uh, Aang's guilt over running away from his Avatar duties, which we'll find out he did later. Um, but they have nightmares, and then they need money, so they go and get some freelancing fishing work. Um, and... They need the money so bad that even though it's going to storm, Sokka goes with him uh, to do the fishing. Um, but this fisherman, when he sees Aang, uh, he recognizes him as the Avatar who, quote unquote, turned his back to the world. And that does nothing. <laughs> that does absolutely nothing yeah. to help with his survivor's that guilt. A uh, savage. Absolutely savage terrible thing to say. So Aang runs away in guilt and Katara tracks him down. And this is where we learn that Aang was, earlier we learned that Aang was told that he was the Avatar at 12 instead of 16 when he was supposed mm-hmm. to know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that has ramifications on the child. Literally so, 12. Literally 12. Literally 12. So the monks of the Southern Air Temple sent, were going to send him away to the Eastern Air Temple specifically so he could get away from Monk Gyatso because they were afraid that Gyatso would baby him and hinder his training, which he shouldn't have even started um, considering he was one a master airbender already but at this time and two told prematurely of his avatar status but that's something i'll talk about later dia has lots to say on this subject <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i'm gonna be a long one folks buckle uh, in <laughs> but um so ang being 12 and being absolutely traumatized wait runs away. literally 12 literally 12 literally 12 literally 12 my dude i'm sorry but ang uh, feels terrible and he doesn't want to go to the Eastern Air Temple, so he runs away. And then as he runs away with Appa, and as he's flying with Appa, a storm hits and submerges him underwater, makes him go overboard. And then as a survival instinct, the Avatar state kicked in and froze him and Appa. 
And then, 100 years later, they were found by Katara and Sokka. And then we're here. So, um, we get that backstory. But at the same time, we also get some backstory on Zuko. So, Prince Zuko's scar is obvious and a big part of this whole journey. So, we have Iroh talking to the crew on Zuko's ship, who's like questioning his leadership skills and well, you know, his general place in the world. And Iroh uh, has to sit down and tell him the Zuko story. So it's widely believed that Zuko uh, got his scar in a training accident. But in actuality, uh, he spoke up during a war council meeting against his father, who uh, was going to send troops to die needlessly. Um, and Zuko thought, uh, Zuko thought that that was a bad plan, spoke up against the general in particular who was uh, giving the plan. And so... He disrespected the general's authority. Yes, and then an Agni Kai was issued. So they were going to have a firebending duel, and Zuko accepted the Agni Kai because he thought that he would be fighting the general who proposed the idea. But he disrespected his father in court, so he was going to duel against Ozai. And Zuko refused to fight him because it wasn't right. And so Ozai scarred him and banished him until he could find the Avatar and bring him back. Yeah, because it was cowardly and there was shame in not fighting his father. We'll talk about that later too. (laughs) So we're getting those two stories side by side. um, And then we go back to Aang and the gang. uh, And Sokka and the, the man fishing nearly drown. So Aang has to not relive but you know re-experience the trauma of having to go under and save them except this time he survives and he's able to get the man Sokka and Katara out safely (laughs) without wasting a hundred years without wasting another a hundred years so that is uh, a big part of him coming trying to come to terms with his survivor's guilt and then on the flip side Zuko his ship is struck by lightning and then a member of his crew becomes trapped. So we get to see Zuko act honorably, which the whole thing about the du- the Agni Kai and his scars that when he was a coward, he lost his honor in the eyes of the Fire Nation. Um, we see him act honorably by saving this man. And instead of, he sees Aang and Appa fly in the distance. And instead of endangering his men to go after the Avatar, which is his ultimate goal, he chooses to stay put and get his men to safety and give up his chance of going to get Aang. That's all, folks. And that's it. And that's that. We also get to see Iroh lightning, bend lightning, uh, redirect lightning, but that's other time. So... (laughs) Where to start? I don't even know how to start with this. This is one of the heaviest episodes we've experienced so far, and we saw the, the skeleton of Monk Gyatso. Um, Monkey Yahtzee. So, so this, the thing... Okay, I want to start off just keeping it light, right? Okay, <laughs> so Sokka's nightmare. You didn't mention this during your... <laughs> no, because I honestly forgot it. Yeah. Sokka's nightmare. He said that the food started eating people. <laughs> and that Momo was started talking to him. And I oh, quote yeah. in Soviet Russia, Saka said that Momo <laughs> said some very unkind things. Huh. 
My theory is that Popo was possessing Momo through Sokka's dream, and he was invading Sokka's mind. (gasps) And it was actually Popo who was talking through Momo in the dream, and we were seeing, and Sokka got to experience the real Popo. Sokka is just, dreams were bombarded by the devil. Yes. Every day, I almost forget about Popo, and Maggie <laughs> reminds me. I will never forget. <laughs> I know. Every day. It's quite unfortunate. Um, but yeah, it's a shame that we don't get to see this. I think it's very fortunate. For y'all. Maggie will not let you forget. For y'all. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just, it's a shame that we don't get to see the specifics of, of Sokka's dream, so you can confirm or deny your theory. Um, but it's whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I think that was enough. To confirm our theory. Thank you. Yes, I believe so too. <sighs> this is an emotionally taxing episode. Except for, so one of the very few lines that the, the fisherman dude has is, I'll be a hog monkey's uncle. <laughs> Do you think he actually is a hog monkey's uncle? I don't know what a hog monkey is. Like, does is. he have a nephew that's half hog, half monkey? That's a Whoa, good question. Wait. We had this conversation about animals in the Avatar universe. Yeah. And yeah. How they're all hog and monkey, monkey seems strange ones. His to nephew design. is a hog monkey. I'm just imagining like a monkey, but its back feet are hooves. Huh. And he's got a little snout. <laughs> he's got a little snout. <laughs> I was more imagining a hog body <laughs> with monkey appendages. No. Oh my gosh. There is there is a video game that my dad played that had a little pig with wings and his name was a hong what his name was hans i think and okay he he had a cute little noise that he made i can't remember what it was uh-huh. but it was like squeaking monkeys or don't something. have wings though. i don't know monkeys <laughs> don't have wings <laughs> i loved him oh my god oh boy <sighs> so so this was the first episode that my mom has watched. <laughs> oh, she watched this one with you too. Well, she oh. didn't really watch. She mostly watched the other one. She was kind of cooking while she we were watching this one. Okay. So I showed her a picture, well, like a screen cap of Zuko. And the first thing she said was, oh, he doesn't look very friendly. And he's gray. <laughs> he's gray? What? He's just very pale and I guess it looked gray. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> yeah. I suppose. And you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Don't judge the all-knowing Lori. Yeah, I'm she not judging all. Lori. She's the Avatar. There's no also, sp- this is the first time we saw Zuko with normal hair. With normal hair? Yeah. Flashback, he just had a normal ponytail. Well, normal for Zuko standards. Yeah. yeah. Still have the weird ponytail, like, extender on. And he had a little mm-hmm. anime swoop. His weave. On his forehead. Yeah. His weave. Did you just say his weave? I hate you. Maybe. Not, not Zuko's weave. Yeah, before it got snatched. Uh, the cognitive dissonance between this episode and our current discussion is so, so much. It was like, uh, We try to keep it light. Oh, yeah. I guess, because I want to talk about all this stuff, but at the same time, I'm just like, I don't want to talk about it because I see all of my favorite characters in pain. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like that. and I don't want that. Mm-hmm. That's my last light note so we can go into the heavy stuff now. At the end, closer to the end, when Sokka says, I'm too young to die. And the mm-hmm. fisherman says, I'm old, but I still don't want to. 
Same. Really that was a fat move. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, on both of them. I'm like, the fisherman is equal parts a huge jerk and an absolute icon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, when they rescued him, he looked at Sokka and blushed. I think he's in love. <laughs> Honestly? <laughs> I'm dead. I care. That's our first ship of the season. Not! 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 I. Marcia's gonna, put more, Marcia's gonna put more Windows XP noises over this, but like, not. Uh, not like Aang and Katara. Not Sokka and Suki who kissed. Not. Dia.exe has stopped working. You <laughs> <laughs> don't want to I talk think those are shit. all my funny notes, so we can get on to the deep stuff after oh. I have presented my ship. <laughs> Not your ship. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Oh my god. I don't know. Oh, so I, I say I think I've said this about literally every single one of these episodes, except for Jet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I, I think I've said that for literally every single one. But I think I I made the argument a little bit earlier that Zuko and Aang like aren't opposing forces. They and like their stories aren't opposites. Their stories like run alongside each other. And like yeah. sure they have to do with each other, but they're largely independent and parallel each other. And yeah. we get to see that here to some extent. Yeah, like, a lot of, like, hero and villain, like, backstories, they mirror each other, except for, like, what the person chooses to do after the event that caused them to be on the path that they're on now. Right. Like Megamind. <laughs> like Megamind. Actually, yeah. A great Like film. Megamind. People didn't give Megamind the time of day when it needed the time Megamind of day. Megamind is underrated. It really is. Okay, so, coming back, and, like, I would almost argue... Oh, I can't argue this yet because we're not far enough into the story. Mm. Give us a, a sneak pre- sneak peek. Because, like, I... This is just because I've seen more of it, but, like, I've never seen Zuko as a villain. Mm. You know? Um, yeah, but, like, in the first, I don't know, ten episodes, like, yeah, he is that's what you're villain. supposed to see him as. So mm-hmm. that's why I say heroine villain stories. That's fair. But I'm just, I'm just sitting here just like, I love him. <laughs> you are allowed to have boy, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, and I'm just, I'm sitting here, I'm just like, like, we don't see the Fire Nation as portrayed, portrayed as, like, humane very often. Mm-hmm. Have we, I don't know if we've even seen that up until this point. Like, they've the just only been... likable character of the Fire Nation is Uncle Iroh. Oh, absolutely. And he's, like, not even fully human. He's half dragon anyways. okay back to that later but and then there's like that old man from jet yeah uh, that poor guy but no and this is i don't know this is where i really appreciate how this is where we start to see like the villain is the fire nation and the institution of the fire nation not villain is capitalism the systematic oppression not capital (laughs) systematic (laughs) oppression the fire nation right now is the we're gonna call it that and like not the firearchy but no, I'm just like I just I love seeing that, especially because we don't really realize that like Zuko is also a victim. Like he's just an annoying seventeen year old in the beginning of the series and he's so annoying. 
Um, <laughs> but no, we get to, I really appreciate how we get to see his backstory. And like this um, ties into my point that the the series makes their villains humans too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that through this episode with Zuko being presented as the first like villain of the series. And then, you know, we branch off from there. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no, I just really like it. And then, um, then we have Aang's story to talk about, which just makes me so upset. Yeah. And I'm doing all the talking this episode, and I don't even care because I'm so mad. That's okay. Like, literally. Vent to us, Dia. That's what we're here for. <laughs> but, like, this this kid, who, first of all, is a prodigy. He mastered airbending at 12. That doesn't happen. Um, and it might have something to do with the fact that he's an avatar, but, like, whatever. <laughs> he's... 12. Um, <laughs> He's literally 12. He is! And I keep... Ah! <laughs> they just... I'm so mad at how the Air Nomads handled the situation. Like, yeah, times are dire, but you can't exactly just rip a child away from everything and then flop them somewhere else mm-hmm. and not expect repercussions. Usually, you know, the consequences aren't being launched into a hundred year long war and the genocide of your people, but... The point still stands, and I'm literally so mad. I'm going to interrupt. This is literally why people hate Dumbledore, because he didn't tell Harry when he was literally 12 that he was like, this is, this is a Hot thing takes. we could debate on. It's just like, because I'm just so mad here. Because it's just like, there's a middle ground here, people. Like <laughs> They expected him to act... Like, he was already, like, the Avatar for, like, ten years, and he knew and what to do. that's what bothered me about it. Because, like, he, they, they told him because they were on the brink of war, and I'm just like, what is this 12-year-old going to do? And, like, they expected him to fix it. Like, you can tell, honestly, if they, like, told him and were just, like, explaining it out to him and stuff, I'd be like, okay, whatever. And, like, would it have saved their people if they didn't tell them? And like, or if they like didn't try to send them away to the Eastern Air Temple, who's to say? Who's to say? It's like, ugh, they, the way they went about it just makes me so angry because like there was no transition. They like, they treated him like an, they, well, you have to treat them to some extent like an adult, but like they, they expected him to just go along with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that makes me mad and like and if we're going with like the Dumbledore and Harry thing um Dumbledore it groomed him to just go along with it mm-hmm. and like not ask questions equally deplorable let kids be kids it's the moral of today's story also don't pick kids to be the chosen one villains it just it it deprives them I of mean, their childhood <laughs> I mean I guess we can we can yell at Voldemort all day long about that, but like <laughs> the Avatar is the Avatar from the second they're born, so like they have to be a kid at some point. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So whatever, it's just just telling them before they're adults who can like make their own decisions just makes me so mad because yeah, then they didn't let him make any decisions; they were just yeah. gonna send him away, and I'm just like, <laughs> okay. Um, like, on the one hand, they expected him to fix everything, but they also didn't trust him to make his own choices. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe that's where Aang learned the lesson of hypocrisy from. <laughs> maybe. His elders. Um, I'm angry. I'm so mad. Mm-hmm. And it's just, ugh. And, like, there's this whole... Oh, God. I'll have to find the posts. Because there was a Tumblr post that I read. 
and I know we're bringing Tumblr into this, but I don't know. It's, this has like sort of things to do with it and like, but like they, they took away like Aang's ability to be a child. And so this post outlines the sort of things that like, you know, the four nations represent, like the water tribe is like adaptability, you know, flowing. The earth kingdom is, um, dedication and like you know staying steadfast the fire nation is passion and then what does the uh what do the air nomads represent uh this person deduced that they represented fun and uh, the big metaphor there was the first thing to die in war is fun mm. so this episode in particular just has me thinking about that because they you know they took away ang's childhood in like a second and like they made that decision for him and like mm-hmm. they uh, expected him to become an adult in like 10 hours or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll have to talk to Post Maggie and like we can credit the post. I'll look for it later. Hey folks, it's Post Maggie. Unfortunately, we could not find that post that Dia references. So if you know which one it is, please send it to us on our Tumblr page, Finding Fandoms Podcast. Thanks. <gasps> like this whole episode, I think it, it's a wonderful wonderful wonderfully done well-crafted and well-told episode but i'm so mad you know it's mm-hmm. not like jet mad <laughs> where like you're gross and i hate you and you're objectively terrible it's like wow i'm so conflicted you're mad and that's what the story writers wanted you yes. to be yeah and it's just like i shouldn't have been that mad about jet <laughs> let's just make that clear i dislike him all i want but like he makes me so angry uh i just had a question mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Does just like the old people know? Or so, does like the entire community know and just as a whole agree to not tell? So, did they show the toys thing in this episode? Yes. Okay, so Beth just asked so, do the elders of the society know or do like, does like the entire society know and they just collectively make the decision not to tell him he's the avatar in this case? Um, so, what they do is they have like, when it's time for the Avatar to be reincarnated into a certain nation, in at least in the series, because the movie is a whole different deal, um, in the series, they, like, sit the babies down and, like, they pick certain toys that are representative of, like, the Avatar and, like, you well, know, are key. I think what they said yeah, was I that forget. the toys were relics of past Avatars. Yeah, so they, it was familiar to them. Yeah, and they gravitated like something that they that. had played with before when the, the, the other avatars were children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was just like, you know, they were supposed to remember it and it's like very particular. Um, so there's that. So I believe only the elders knew. And like, I'm not even sure that they were able to tell the rest of Nomad Society before everything went yeah. terrible. But like, because in the monk society, I don't. they're not raised by like a, like a family. They're raised by yeah. the monks. So. Which was part of the issue because Aang was so attached to Monk Gyatso that they wanted him to be away, which... Yeah. First of all! <laughs> ugh. So, like, how would that work, like, in, like, the water tribe when everyone's, like, a big family and... <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. Um... So I'm I'm honestly I'm not quite sure. Okay. But like I think I mentioned like the opening of The Legend of Korra. Yeah. Before where the fire where like the, the sages come up and they're just like, Are you sure your child is the Avatar? And then it's Korra bursting through, I'm the Avatar bends three elements on the first go. Um so I'm not like honestly, it's never canonically stated if they follow that sort of thing. Um I'm pretty I'm sure they're like probably supposed to. 
but yeah. Korra just, Korra just came out the womb bending three <laughs> elements and they're like, ah, this is the one. This is the Avatar. So it's like, I would argue this is one of the most emotional episodes. It's like, yeah, it's like, because you have like your traditional like sappy emotion, but like this is like, you know, I just feel like the rage of the entire Fire Nation in my heart. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. I'm literally so mad just like thinking about it. I've just been talking this whole episode. What are y'all's hot takes on mm. the storm? My my one thing to say was so after they tell Aang that he's an Avatar and he goes back to play with his friends and they're like, um, no, you can't play with us anymore because you're the Avatar and you're gonna be way better than us and that's unfair. But he was already mastered the air element so like he was already better than all of them like <laughs> he was already the best yeah. and they're like no you're too it's just like you're not saying anything new yeah um, i just didn't understand their logic and i i was mad kids are mean yeah and then like okay so if it's not fair to have him on just one of the teams make it everyone against ang like that's just gonna be more fun anyways <laughs> true like, uh, everybody get him! <laughs> and that's another thing. 12-year-olds are so mean. Yeah. And, like, at least when you're, yeah. like, 16 and you're, like, close to an adult, they'll be like, oh, shoot, he's the <laughs> Avatar, but, like, he's still our... F-. But, like... But 12-year-olds, that's the thing I'm sensitive about. Yeah, the thing you're <laughs> that's sensitive about. the thing about. I'm sensitive about. John Mulaney said it first, y'all. <laughs> ugh. Just like, uh, they attacked him for being the Avatar. Yeah. I hate it. And then he ran away. And then he ran away. And then y'all died. Don't be mean to people (laughs) or you'll die. (laughs) Yeah, don't make fun of people or you'll freaking die. That's your lesson for the day, kids. That's the moral of this episode. Don't be mean or Oh my god. I just don't know what to do with myself about this. It's like, I'm so... So, I'm not even conflicted. I just have Hun, lots of emotions. I don't think there's anything you can do. I think you just have to sit and boil in your emotions. <laughs> like, it's, and that's the point. And I know you what's the point. You have to master the element of emotions, Dia. <laughs> <laughs> that's my one weakness. The element of emotion. I'm like, ah. Oh, and I love Zuko. And I'm not this fired up about Zuko. I get more fired up about him in, like, season three. Mm. Um, mm. But, like, still, I'm mad. We hate Ozai in this house. We hate Ozai in general, but... Ozai lovers do not interact. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we do not stand, thank you. Um, Because, like, you know, the Fire Nation is supposed to be the evil nation, and, like, look at what his Zuko's evil dad did to him Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. But the Air Nomads are, like, you know, always portrayed as, like, this beacon of, like, hope that was extinguished far too early. And look at what they did to this child! Yeah, it's all about perspective, as we learned in the other episode. Episode, Yeah, it's all about perspective. In a way, that makes these two episodes like go great next to each other, but Mm -hmm. also the emotional whiplash of going from eight-year-olds playing a game to this. There were some (laughs) 12-year-olds playing a game. It's a whole four years. It's too much. (laughs) It's too much. So I I don't know if there's anything else to say. I'm just like, I'm upset. If you Have can't you exhaled tell. all your anger yet? Gotten it out of your know. system you for right now. <laughs> I'll do some deep breathing later. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, once again, wonderful episode. Well done. Like the way they interwove the stories together. Beautiful. And like, you know, the switch in like color scheme and the art 
in this episode. Yeah. Beautiful. Very pretty. And they interspersed the flashbacks with what was happening currently. Yeah. And like, I think if I'm correct, like, so one thing I really loved about like the art in this is like the Air Nomad flashbacks start as like this golden hue and slowly get darker Mm -hmm. as they get dark. It gets darker. And I'm just like, all of Zuko's flashbacks are like an angry red symbolic of the Fire Nation. But like, you know. And oh, but like I just, I just think it's beautiful, visually appealing, gorgeous. Um, still hate it, but <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what else I can say about this episode other than like, it's a very important episode. Many emotions. Many emotions. Lots of knowledge gained about these characters. That's all I have to say on this one. Um, okay. Did we make progress on any theories? I know well. we talked about. Your mom's the Avatar. My mom is the newest reincarnation of the Avatar. Mm-hmm. And also, um, Momo talking, you know, to Sokka during his dream is probably the work of Popo. Mm-hmm. For sure. So we see. Um, yes. I mean, most definitely. I, I don't know if there has been any progression on the Uncle Iroh is a dragon front. Yeah. Um, I think him just, like, everyone knows that, that dragons are pretty talkative once you get them worked up, and he was the one who was, like, <laughs> telling all the crewmates about Zuko's dramatic backstory that he, he kind of didn't have any right to be telling anyways, but whatever, he's a dragon, no one's gonna fight him on it, so. <laughs> dragons, the ultimate keeper of war. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Defeat the dragon to unlock the hidden backstory. Uh, except you didn't have to defeat Just him. Make him tea. <laughs> make him tea. Uncle Iroh spilling the tea before it was cool. Um, considering his whole motif is tea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. I we should workshop a, a meme to go. With. Workshop a meme to go with Iroh. Beth, can you get on that? Write it down. <laughs> Write it down. Um, yeah, we saw a lot of Iroh, even though we didn't see. A lot of Iroh at all. Mm-hmm. I miss oh, him. Yeah. He brings me joy. There's the classic post that sometimes you re-binge Avatar The Last Airbender because you're so sad and the only thing that can console you is Uncle Iroh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is me all the time? Yeah. My entire collegiate experience? Mm-hmm. Hey guys, Dia here. I'm back just to remind you that we do have a website, FindingFandoms.com. So if you want to go there, you'll find links to all of our shows, and you'll find some bios with our faces on them. You'll also find a couple other fun tidbits if you want to go digging around. Um, It's run by our lovely social media media coordinator, Beth, so show her a little bit of love. Uh, She also put together an Instagram for us, Finding Fandoms Podcast, uh, Finding Fandoms with an S podcast. And there we post every time we put up a new episode of any of our series. You get some fun behind the scenes pictures. I'm please DM us. We like talking to people. We also have a Tumblr, which Beth also runs for us. Shock, surprise. Um, that is also Finding Fandoms podcast. Uh, so you'll find any memes or any posts that I choose to talk about reblogged there, assuming we can find credit. Send us a message there too. We want to talk to you guys. We get lonely. We get bored. So, as always, send us any fan theories you have. I'm sure Maggie would love to hear them. And if you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, it would really help us out if you left us a rating and review to show that we're not crazy and we produce some halfway decent content. I beg of you. <laughs>
Um, and as always, tell your friends. We love having more people come join us, and we love having more people send us ideas and thoughts and just coming around every time we have a new episode. So yeah, thanks, guys. <sighs> I don't know what to do, y'all. And on that note... Yes. On that note, we'll see you next time with two more intense yet funny episodes uh the blue spirit and the fortune teller hmm. oh boy. interesting fortune teller genuinely one of my favorite and most hilarious episodes oh. one of your favorite episodes genuinely. wow that's rare it's not like i say that every freaking episode but add it to the tally and we'll get there <laughs> thank you for tuning in and as i always say don't die make good choices and boys are gucky bye, bye. Oh my god, episodes 13 and 14 are some more of my favorites. Oh my god, and then 15? I didn't know that happened in season one. Ooh, oh okay. my god. I think every episode is your favorite episode, Dia. You know, that's besides the point. Wait, you actually like this show? Like, that's not just an act? You actually like all the episodes? Shh! <laughs> <laughs>